0: Welcome. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. Brought to you by Cultivate Network, where we get real with life, leadership, and church planting. Here's your host
1: Servant leadership, function over title. Making fishers of men, not bishops of men. Oh my goodness, what kind of podcast is this? We're crazy <laughs> as we continue in our leadership pipeline. <laughs> Today, let's get into the theology of it all. Excited about this one, have been for the last few weeks to look at the theology of it. And it's so easy for us to fall away. And not, yep. not put forth the time and effort to really study to show ourselves approved. Yep. Workmen rightly divine in the scriptures that need not be ashamed. So, you know, when we think of theology, it's broken down in many different ways and many different aspects of what theology is. The mm-hmm. study of a deity in some kind, way, shape, or form, if you look at Wikipedia's definition of it. But for today, let's talk about our Christian theology, what it means to us. What it's about What we're after And why in the world Are we talking about theology In the leadership pipeline So why is it important To
0: ensure that the people Closest to you in leadership Are aligned with you In basic theology Well it's critical Oh my It's critical Yeah The scripture teaches us That uh, how can two walk together Except they first agree And that doesn't mean They have to agree on the the favorite flavor of ice cream or their, their, their favorite color um, or their favorite model of vehicle, Toyota, but (laughs) Honda, (laughs) but what it does do is it says it it teaches us and, and there's a basic alignment of foundational theology that must be, you know, as we're looking for leaders, as we're growing leaders, there's, We're going to be teaching people, discipling people, bringing people along the journey with us. And so if we're going two different directions, how can we expect the flock to follow the shepherds who are teaching different things?
1: It's an interesting thought. Uh, I have some scripture that's been burning on my heart since we first talked about this. And it comes out of Acts chapter 8. What such a unique passage of scripture the whole book of Acts chapter 8 is. I'm just going to take a moment here and then I'm going to let Jamie dive back in. But we see two different things that happen in this scripture that are really unique. Two different stories that are told that are so awesome. So you have the first where we come out and we see right after this is when uh, Saul, before his conversion over to the Apostle Paul, how he was consenting to the death of Stephen and how he was wreaking havoc of the church. And then we come right over into the story of a man named Simon. This guy was a unique cat. He, he came in, and in the city that he lived in, Samaria, he, was, he had set himself up as a, some great guy, but he was doing all this with like witchcraft, basically. Mm-hmm. And he had people believing that he was the bomb.com. <laughs> well, well, the apostles come in, and they start teaching the word of God, and the people heard them, and they believed. The Bible also tells us that Simon, during the process of all this, he believed as well. But there was something different about his conversion. He believed, but yet he still held out. And then when the Holy Ghost came, and when the apostles came and they laid hands on him that they would receive the Holy Ghost, Simon saw this, and Simon, not knowing the theology, not right. understanding the word of God, right. he thought that this could be, this was a power that could be bought. Right. So he went up to him, he's like, hey guys, I'm, I've got this much money, give me this power, that way I can do the same thing. Mm. And I love what the, what the answer was to him. They, they said out flat out, thy money perisheth with thee. You know, you've heard, you believe, but you've not really believed. Right. There's something that held you out. Then we fast forward to another story. In the same chapter, you see this man that heard the word of God, but yet he held out. He didn't study to show himself approved. He didn't research the scripture. He thought that the glory and the power of the Holy Spirit was something that could be bought with money. And all his conversion, it backs up and it really makes you think about what, what he was really basing his foundation on. So let's fast forward in the same chapter over to a eunuch. That Philip sees mm-hmm. as he's on his way. Right. This eunuch's sitting there and he's reading the word of God and he's intent into it and he's reading a specific passage. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit speaks to Philip and says, Man, you need to go talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. You need to go talk to him. Then he's ripe, he's ready to hear the word of God. He reads this scripture to him, and he, he, he asked, the eunuch asked, he said, of whom does this speak? And here was Philip's opportunity to say, man, let's talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he led the eunuch to the Lord, yeah. even to the point that as they were passing by, the eunuch saw a puddle of water, and he said, man, there's some water. What's keeping me from being baptized? Right. He said, if you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords, then thou shalt be saved, and you know we're going to baptize you. And what happens is this man has a full conversion Mm -hmm. based upon solid, rock-solid theology, and you see that it was so powerful of a conversion Mm -hmm. that even after this, Philip somehow, the Scripture doesn't explain how, but he was pretty much caught up in the Spirit and transported to a different place. Just in the power of God, so two different conversions: one that was rock solid, one that was based on something else but i I, I love that, especially as we talk about theology, is how the mindset of people is they think that the power of God. And it's still like this today. They think it's something that can be bought, that you can buy your way into heaven. You can buy all this. And man, this even happens in some of the people in the church. And this goes also into works, that they think that their works will get them into heaven. It may not be their money, but it might be their works. Mm -hmm. This is something that's rooted in the American church today, even though that the scripture specifically tells us that it's not by works, lest any man should boast. We know it's the power of God. He's the transforming power. He's the one that gives us free gift. But I, I just wanted to throw that scripture out there I, I, I've wanted to do that for about three or four weeks now <laughs> Oh my goodness I like it
0: Wow, that's meat It is If I didn't have this headset on I may run a little bit the right room. <laughs> you know, I like it You know, if, 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 if let's just stay there a second Because yeah. you, you casted a good anchor yeah. I think for this podcast And we may not finish today Because this is a really... Serious and important topic as we're talking about planting churches. The whole reason we want to plant churches is to teach and make disciples. And how do you do that except if you have good theology? Yeah. So let's talk about the first guy, Simon. All right. His theology, Mm -hmm. why couldn't he be a part of the leadership team? He he was well known.
1: Oh man.
0: <clears throat> everybody was, knew
1: his name. He was a he could have been a friend. He was a friend. <laughs> he was one
0: that everybody already respected. Oh man. He has experience. His resume says that he, he's led people and he's led people in spiritual uh ways. Oh yeah. So he's converted, he's saved now. Oh yeah. So he should be a leader.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: he? <laughs> so what part of his theology was just flat out messed up is this it, he had a zeal of God mm. but not according to knowledge. yeah Simon may have been a great leader later mm-hmm. after he had learned to follow. That's true. but he didn't he didn't desire to follow he desired to be out front mm. and maybe he did develop later. I don't know who knows this, the end of the story, right but but early on he had a he had a, a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. Many of us in the American church would have said, this guy has experience, Mm -hmm. this guy has a following, and this guy has money. He's on the leadership team.
1: Yeah, and that happens. Man, that happens. Let's be honest. Before mm, before Before you turn somebody loose. Come on. You need they need to be tested. Mm-hmm. this is a reason why we don't make novices right. pastors right it's not, it, it it spells a recipe for disaster, yeah. they can become high minded within themselves and think that it is something that they have gotten on their own works
0: and the victim of that is a sheep
1: it is they are the ones that suffer, and that's yeah. no joke. they yeah. suffer, yeah, yep, yeah. and sometimes the church sometimes the church has to it has to split. Because it creates so much confusion inside of it, mm-hmm. it just has to split. Mm-hmm. Because there was no rock solid theology, and I was right. basing it on my works. Yep. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> and, and that's what Simon was doing. Simon was basing it on his performance. Mm-hmm. What can I give so I can get? Yeah. But I love the eunuch. A slip back over the eunuch. Oh. This is a guy that probably could have, well, matter of fact, he did become a leader yeah, well, because he took it back. Oh, yeah. He took it back to his country, mm-hmm. his home nation, and he took the gospel back. And he was a he was a spearhead for the gospel back in his home his home nation.
1: Mm. Okay, yeah,
0: he went back to Africa, man, and just laid it on it.
1: Oh, wow.
0: You know, but the, the, the unique difference between the eunuch and Simon is eunuch, The eunuch was humble. Yep, guys, if you're looking for a leader, oh boy, arrogance is the number one turnoff. If you see arrogance, shut it off. Yeah. They're not ready. I yeah. don't mean that you don't love them and you don't you don't keep them around and and you know you know you're not going to kick them out of the church because what you're saying is they're not ready for leadership. Right. They need developed. They need to be growing. Yeah, right. And so, but the first thing he illustrated to me is the fact that he didn't know he didn't know who the, who this man was walking up to him. Nope. He didn't know who he was. Mm-mm. You know, from from Adam, but but yet he and he let him come in right and he asked him really good questions yeah and then wait for it he listened
1: yeah oh my oh
0: he didn't pretend to be the expert no. if you've got a guy or a gal who is wanting to be a part of your team and they think they're the expert <laughs> when you know they're a novice they're not ready they're not ready keep them keep them love yeah. them
1: develop them. cultivate them yes absolutely but
0: they're not ready. They're not ready because I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there before. Where you where you're surrounded by people who you respect and you adore, and you think you know something, so you share it. And 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 you know the thing is, guys, is is we don't need people on our leadership teams that think they're the experts at everything because a true leader. I think understands and we both understand this very well. We are definitely not not the experts on so many things and so That's we understand true. that. We get it. Yeah. Right? And, and a leader that you're bringing onto your team. Guys, you got to think about it. If they if they come in and their first their first uh, uh, push is to tell you how much they know and how much they have and what their experience
1: is, turn it off quick. You know, my mind goes back. Let's look back in history for a moment of time. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Most likely, if you look at it, history would have considered him one of the most ignorant presidents we ever had. But at the same time, one of the most influential presidents we had. So how how did this happen? What was the change? Mm. FDR knew he was weak but he was a strong leader and he surrounded himself with people that were really strong leaders in other areas and he built off of them and he, he reached out and he had, he had, he made, and they became experts in each and every field and they fed him back this wonderful knowledge that he was able to broadcast out to the American people that everybody, that's the side of him that they, everybody saw. Man, this guy knows. This guy's got it figured out. But behind the scenes, there was a team of rock-solid individuals that fed this one guy, that Mm. fed him all this knowledge. Mm. And they were leaders that looked to him, and they just fed in. That's a perfect model of leadership, man. Surround yourself, because you're not going to be the expert on everything. Right. And right. surround yourself by people that are experts in it. Absolutely, but I mean, they had to be tried. Yeah, you just couldn't turn them loose. Yep. You couldn't go in there and say, "Hey, man, I need a foreign policy advisor." Hey, I, I'm the man. I'm I've, the man. I've been out of the country before. <laughs> yeah. I can do, it. man. I was. I was down in Mexico three weeks. I went on a cruise <laughs> to Jamaica <laughs> yeah. one time. I'm ready. Turn me loose. <laughs> but I mean, this is this is the <clears throat> this is the individual that you come into contact with. Sure. And this is very common and prevalent in mm-hmm. the churches today is everybody thinks that they're an expert on certain things. Right. And honestly, right. man, and we live in a society that people don't, they think humility is weakness. Right. And to be humble is weak. Mm-hmm. If I don't know the answer to something, I look weak. hmm Man, that's yep. bad. Yep. I like the old policy in in the core training program, which is which is it's common everywhere. If I don't know the answer, give me time and I'll get you the answer. Yep. I may not know it at the moment, but I will research it and I will study it to give you the answer. Yep. Or I could open my mouth and relieve all doubt that I'm an absolute nut. <laughs>
0: If you don't know, say
1: you don't know. Say you don't know. That's hard. That's hard for people. And not only in the business world, but also in the Christian, in this Christian walk. It's hard for somebody to look at you and say, I don't know.
0: It's pressure. It is pressure. You as a leader, when somebody asks you a hard question, theologically, and you don't have the answer, you feel in your flesh inept and and unprepared and unqualified to to do the work. But guys, listen, you're not going to know the answer. But the thing is, is is what we we're not looking for leaders who hold a, an MDiv no. in theology. No. That's not what mm-hmm. what we're looking for leaders. Leaders that will listen, yeah. leaders that align in basic theology. And I'm not talking about uh, you know, splitting hairs, right? I'm yeah. not talking about things that are non-eternal related. Yeah. But if our basic basic principles of Christian theology are are misaligned. We cannot go together. That's right. You know, Jesus Christ is the only, not my performance, not my... Uh, membership not my money Jesus is the only the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only right the cross he rose from the grave he yep. sent the Holy Ghost on in Acts chapter 2 to empower the church not to just be crazy but to do his will and to do you know is this, so it's these basic right fundamental doctrines yep. that that we need to be sure and that, that your people are aligned
1: yeah I agree it's so true. You know, there's
0: so many different things. Like, you know, one church will baptize this way, and the other church will baptize that way. And so, if you don't understand one another's theology, and this and this takes time to sit down and have conversations, learn, and it's not you're giving them a quiz to say, "Oh, you, are you good enough to be in my club?" No, it's it's you. You're you're knowing them. Yeah. The Scripture teaches us to know them mm-hmm. that labor. Among, Among you. you. Boy, ain't that the
1: truth. Know them. So how do you get to know them? Talk to them. Oh, my Ask goodness. questions. Oh, my mercy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. That's not popular. What are you talking about? You're going to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> Don't come asking me no questions, because that's going to make me uncomfortable. I love what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses one and two. And brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except this thing, Mm. save Jesus Christ Mm. and him crucified. I don't know. I'm not going to come up here and tell you that I'm a genius, that I know everything (laughs) about theology. I didn't come to you like that. I came to you knowing nothing except Jesus Christ Christ him crucified, and the power of his resurrection. That's pretty awesome. That's
0: a leader I want around me. That's who I want to.
1: <laughs> That's a leader I want. Yep.
0: A leader that has the credibility, that yep. has a resume, that has all the accolades, yep. can speak multiple languages, can interpret the entire books of the Bible, oh, man. And, and recite them. Oh, wow. And yet, he's humble enough yep. to not even boast in anything. said, I want one thing to be known.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's it. And that's it. It's oh, like, oh. And if we could find leaders like that, that's what we're looking for, guys.
1: And, I, and it goes back to what we've talked about. in so much past this, and I think this is what's so beautiful about the leadership pipeline. And I know we're coming to a close for this could. week. But in the leadership pipeline, we keep building off things we've said before. Mm-hmm. This is the servant leader. This is the one that steps right. up and says, who are you in the kingdom of God? Yep. I'm a servant of the most high God. Mm. I am a servant of the king. That's who I am. Right. I'm not. I'm not this great thing. I'm not this great person. I'm a servant. I'm a servant. I love it.
0: Well, guys, this is good. I, I, a fun topic and a very important topic. So we're we're gonna we're gonna continue to dig into this and probably have more conversation around the importance of theology. But let's let's boil it down. Let's boil it down. How can two walk together except they first agree? Mm-hmm. We can't go two different directions in teaching and discipling make it simple. Make it plain and make it easy to read. Write it down that they may see. That sounds familiar, doesn't it, doesn't it? Write it down so they may plainly see, that they may understand what our doctrine is, Mm -hmm. what your theology is, what what are the basic building blocks. Make it simple, make it plain. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. way they can understand really easily whether we align or not. And guys, surround yourself with, with leaders who are not like not like Simon, who want to go earn it and own it, yep. and more leaders like the eunuch who's ready to listen and learn and then take back what they learned to others. Amen. You guys, we love you so much. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, give us a, shoot, shoot us a message on Facebook or, or comment here on the podcast. Let us know that you're out there and that you're listening. We appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, keep it real. Thank you for listening to The Real Life Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Please share a comment and follow us on Facebook. And until next time, keep it real.